Hello, everybody. I'm Katie Knight, and welcome back to Can You Put Me on Guest List. Hope everybody's doing good. I feel like there's light at the end of the tunnel, kind of. We're getting there. Slowly but surely, it feels like things are looking a bit more positive, aren't they? Um, what a year, eh? What a year. Anyway, we're not going to get into all of that right now. This week, I am joined by Lisbon-based DJ, musician and producer Luis Clara Gomez, also known as Moodinex. And, oh my God, what a fascinating guy he is. Although music has always been a big part of his life when growing up, before making music, Lewis studied software engineering in the fields of astronomy and neurology. So in this episode, we talk about how these studies have now had an influence on his music, his label and his live band, which are both called Disco Texas, his Disco Texas club night in Lisbon, his really, really cool and interesting music videos and the creative process when making them, his upcoming album, Requiem for Empathy, and much, much more. As I say in this podcast, I'd love to just jump inside Lewis's brain because he's just so incredibly creative and he was so lovely to talk to too his very cute dog David Bowie made a guest appearance as well he was too cute and yeah I'm really really excited to share this podcast with you all a reminder that all of the video versions of my podcast are on mixtank.tv so head on over if you want to see the video versions and I really hope that you enjoy this next episode please remember to subscribe to the podcast and share if you fancy it really does mean a lot and now, here's the show. Luis, how are you? I'm good. Um, I'm stuck at home for a few months now. and But I'm doing well. I'm, I'm always positive, except when it comes to getting um, positive tests. I've always been getting negative tests so far. <laughs> <laughs> that was a really good answer. <laughs> where, so where is home for you? Where are you right now? I'm in Lisbon, in, in Portugal. I've been living here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Before, before I was based in Munich for a few years, yeah. and I'm originally from the north of Portugal in Viseu, small town. Ah, lovely. What's it like over there at the moment? Uh, in Lisbon? Yeah. Well, we're in lockdown. It's the second big lockdown. Uh, the other one was uh, started in March, right after the, the pandemic first hit. And yeah, there's no events, there's no uh, restaurants, bars, clubs, everything is closed. Uh, so it's a bit grim, especially this city is especially beautiful when it's sunny. And we've just had, you know, uh, three or four months of grey weather. It feels like, why am I living here? I could be still in Munich if it was like this. <laughs> I know, I know. The weather just changes everything though, doesn't it? Especially it, times like this. Especially now that you're stuck at home, you really see the seasons come and go, and uh, it's the only it's the only thing outdoors that influences influences your life. So you really become dependent on the weather. I understand the people that live in in 
the country, how, how the weather affects them so much because they don't have much going on sometimes and the weather can be so impactful. <laughs> so true. So I live in Ibiza and obviously normally here we have like really nice weather and it's nice and sunny. But the last week has just been so, so, so grey and it just changes everything. Your whole mood yeah. is just sat here every day like, oh... Can't, I don't even want to take the dog for a walk because it just is so <laughs> grim. <laughs> I know, I know the feeling. Some friends there in Ibiza told me that this summer was depressing. Uh, it was, was just strange. It was just like, normally everybody's so, there's just so much happening and everybody's here and there's so much going on and everything's so exciting, but it was just such a, but I mean, I guess like everywhere in the world, but. yeah. It was just really strange to see it like that, you know? And, and even now, at this time of the year, okay, so we're at the beginning of March already, and normally at this point, everything's starting to be planned for the summer season, and you kind of know what's going to be happening, but it's like, still nobody knows, nobody knows <laughs> what's coming on next. Completely. So, so we'll see. Anyway... So I'm really, really excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for taking taking some time out. Um, I have got lots of different questions for you, but I would like to start off just talking a little bit about where your love for music came from and your first steps into music. Sure. Um... So I, I've I've always loved uh, have had music around me since I was a, a very uh, young child because uh, my parents uh, were always going to shows mm -hmm. and um, despite uh, uh, growing up in a small town there was a little scene there for theater and music and I was lucky to have been born into the, this 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 scene literally because. I remember being four or five years old and sleeping under the under the seats for the stage while they were rehearsing. Oh wow! <laughs> so I was. So uh, I think my 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 love for especially for the stage came from this, from seeing them, the setting up and preparing of something that is completely uh, on your thoughts as an idea initially and producing the entire uh, art uh, art. Piece. It can be a, a performance. It could be a, an album, and, and this always fascinated me as a kid. I, I like to, you know, to construct. Uh, that's another part of me is engineering, and so this this music, the project of, of making music from nothing, uh, was my first appeal. Wow, that's that's they're such nice stories. I bet you have such nice memories of of growing up around that time as well. And um, at what point did you realize that you wanted to actually make a career out of music? Oops, sorry, that's my no, dog. Will probably will probably come in other times. Mine will probably too. He likes to make lots of guest appearance. So, okay. <laughs> what's your dog called? She is called David Bowie. David Bowie. I'm gonna show it show it to you. Please. Is it your ears? Oh, he is gorgeous. He's <laughs> right you, next to me. <laughs> when you when you actually call his name, do you actually fully say David Bowie, or do you just when I'm mad? <laughs> <laughs> when I'm mad, yes, I, I do the full name. If if not, it's just David. It's just uh, in Portuguese, it's the same the the same spelling but different pronunciation. Oh, that's so funny. My dog's called Disco, so they're having a little party <laughs> together. <laughs> yeah. 
Very um, good, very good. Yeah, I love I'd love finding dog names. I'm like, that would be a great name for a dog. <laughs> my my friend has another one of this breed called Chet Barker. No. Yes. <laughs> Oh, what a cool little gang they would be. So, so yeah, so when when did you realize that, you know, that you wanted to to make a career out of music? Cuz you also just said it before that you all that you um that you studied engineering, is that right? Mhm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I didn't really see it as a career until it was, <laughs> to be honest with you, because um, despite growing up in a in a in a environment with lots of uh, artists, I didn't have really many success cases around me. Uh, success like not f only financial, but uh, also you know people that could uh, feel that they didn't compromise or they didn't. Uh, you know, so it was never a career option for me when part of my family is very formal, very um, uh, engineers, the, um, professors, economists, you know, and and that part of my family kind of uh, didn't, I mean, it's not like anyone told me what to do or not do, but uh, it was never an option. So I just went to another passion I had, which was technology and computers and... Um, and uh, of course, since I love technology and computers, when I found about music software, uh -huh. uh, of course, I started making music for fun, always for fun. I would just uh, record stuff to show my friends. And then I started putting it online uh, while I was studying engineering still. I, I was DJing with, a fr with some friends in my hometown and suddenly, you know, from putting stuff online, there was a little community. I started getting remix requests for good bands and bands I, I admired and some, you know, booking requests. And when I noticed, I was, I was like, I was a proper <laughs> DJing and touring, touring, uh, DJing around the world while still doing research. Um, I, ma I, I managed to, to do both things for as long as I could, but then I had to pick one because music took over the entire amount of my time. So I, I I never really saw it as a career unless I, it was a full career. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that makes sense. That's a good way to put it. So, what year was that when you when you realized, okay, now this is actually my career? Yeah, it must have been like uh, eight or nine years ago. Um, I uh, I moved to Lisbon uh, from Munich, where where I was doing research, and um, I still kept working remotely uh, to this organization. Um, but uh, suddenly, it was around the time of my, my first album, Florida, in 2012, mm -hmm. that, you know, I started, you know, doing uh, tours, uh, month-long uh, month tours uh, around the world, and then I had to come back, you know, between, between gigs, I would have to submit uh, a paper or something like that, and it was really driving me crazy. When, when <laughs> so, did you sleep? Whenever did you sleep? That's, that was exactly the problem. <laughs> that was exactly the problem. I didn't sleep much. Um, and I'm, and I've, I've never, I haven't ever looked back, to be honest with you. I've, I think I've made the right decision. I do miss the, the atmosphere I had with scientists, especially, mm -hmm. because to me, you know, the really best scientists and the most inspiring ones are not really so different uh, from the really inspiring musicians. Uh -huh. Because they, they look at the world 
like kids, you know, like uh, yeah. little children amazed at everything. Oh my God, I love this. Let's do this for a week only and let's not focus on anything else. And this, this is the kind of thing that I, I found very similar. So I miss this part of my life, of course, but uh, somehow the pandemic uh, and having free time helped me reconnect a lot with it. So that was good. Oh, that's amazing. Have, what have you been doing over the pandemic? Is there anything in particular you've been working on? It's all very nerdy. <laughs> uh, but, you know, from doing music videos based on uh, artificial intelligence to um, developing... I, I learned 3D. That was something that I really wanted to do for a long time and I didn't have the time. So I learned to... Um, to because... The designer I work with uh, for all of my records is great, but it's really 2D and classical. But he, he had the feeling that we should do the next artwork on 3D and he, he dared me to do it. So, yeah, I learned 3D to do my artwork in collaboration with a guy I admire because the design part, I think you need a designer. But, you know, to try something creative, mm -hmm. step outside of your comfort zone is, is, is good. It's, it's where I feel happiest, to be honest. So I learned how to make this new batch of cookies over could look down and you learn how to do 3D. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm cooking, I'm doing some mean aguachiles now. Uh, oh, you know, the, the Mexican uh, dish. Oh, yeah. yeah, nice. That's, that's my uh, gastronomical accomplishment from, <laughs> from that's pandemic. A great, <laughs> that's a great accomplishment. That is a great accomplishment. So am I right in saying that you studied software engineering and for a while were working on a, on creating the first um, artificial intelligence systems and software in the field of astronomy and, and neurology. Yeah, I contributed to it. This is all a, contrib uh, a contributive uh, effort. Um, the, my, so I, I was do, studying software engineering mm -hmm. and I really wanted to be doing something in arts because all my friends was from the art, were from the art department and I wanted to combine, you know, because I always felt like, like I could combine it. Uh, um, but many people from the technology uh, area don't have much of an artistic sensibility and vice versa. And I felt like I was the, the odd one out, to be honest, because I, 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 lo I love both things. So I, I, I looked for a project where I could combine both and, and my... Master's thesis was on a software, uh, well, a system where you put electrodes to scan your brain, like when you do an electroencephalogram, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, and with that, you could control a synthesizer for, to make music. Wow. This, this sounds very sci-fi. It's a lot of math. Uh, it's lots of statistics and lots of training. Nowadays, there's actual commercial solutions for this, but when we were doing it in 2003 or four. It felt like a, a brave new world that was opening uh, ahead of us, and it was great. So that, that project got, got me um, invited to do some research on, um, on neurology. Um, so I was doing technology for people that were actual doctors studying neurology and uh, developing things for neurology. But that's what, what um, had me move to Munich to start a PhD on it. But it was okay. like... It was... Um, hospital environment, uh, intensive care for neurology. And to be honest with you, I, I could not 
deal with the human suffering uh, yeah. in this environment. It was very hard and uh, it actually grew on me a great appreciation of uh, doctors and medical staff in general. Um, so that was kind of letting me down a lot to deal with this and I was making music on all my free time to as, as probably as an escape from, from yeah. this. Yeah. And that's when I started putting things online. And uh, so I, 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 ma I married to the, the two lives for a bit. I then quit my PhD. I didn't finish it uh, to do research on astronomy uh, because uh, there was an astronomy organization in Munich. That's ESO. They, they run all the telescopes uh, that, you, that you, you know, the very big telescopes in Chile. Yeah, uh, they they run from from Europe from Munich. Uh, so I was working with them on you know analyzing data again, lots of math. Uh, but I was working on a part time, so it was perfect, and I didn't have like really uh, tight schedule. So I could you know if I wanted to do everything in 20 hours and deliver, I wouldn't have to go there and work eight hours a day. As long as my my work was done, I had the time all the, the rest of the time to make music <laughs> and go out and play in the weekend. So it was fun. Oh, so you were playing at that time as well already? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. my goodness. <laughs> wow. Do you know what? Astrology well, is something that's always really interested me and I'd love to learn more about, but it's just one astro of the Astronomy. I don't know yeah. anything about astrology, though. <laughs> Sorry, astronomy. <laughs> astronomy, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So do you think then these studies have had um, a big influence on the music that you produce? Sure. I mean, I'm fascinated with everything that's uh, sci-fi and um, and the best thing, especially with astronomy, uh, is that you look at the world from a place where it kind of makes you small, makes yeah. you think large, but makes you small and makes you humble. You're just like a little speck of dust uh, in the big cosmos, like Carl Sagan described it. And it, it makes, it, I think it's a great platform for dreaming, you know, and, Aww. and... <laughs> that's so nice. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be too poetical about it, but that's the way I kind of, no, I kind of see more. it. Yeah, absolutely. Speak more. No, that's really lovely. And of course, uh, you know, growing up with all these soundtracks from sci-fi movies like Blade Runner and um, Star Wars all of these Dune, you know, all of these great soundtracks that have, of course, really inspired me in many ways. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a, a world for lots of imagination. A world for and then especially disco comes, you know, disco around the 70s, sci-fi was really a big thing. And all disco, there was some disco space operas too. So they, everything got combined perfectly for me. <laughs> it, so where does the name Disco Texas, Disco Texas come from? Well, uh, it's just uh, Texas when you, in Portuguese, when you, something turns to Texas, it just becomes uh, like a little bit of a, a mess of a chaos, you know? Okay. When, when, when there's a fight, like, between friends, or it's like, it's, it's just a mess. And it just found, so, sounded good to us uh, when we started as a collective, yeah. Yeah, no, I like it. Tell us a little bit how, how it was born, because that's also the name of, you, of your label, right? And also the band, is that correct? Yeah. It was just a group of, uh, of friends. Um, so we started, like probably all collectives do, we didn't have an idea of what we wanted to do, but we were like-minded and 
And even like as DJs, we didn't play, we all didn't play the same music, but but at the same time, we we had kind of the same approach, DIY punk uh, approach to, to music making and DJing, and it brought us together. So we started as a, a series of uh, residencies, club nights in, in Lisbon, and We started in a, in a venue um, for a hundred people, and then suddenly we were invited to have a residency at Lux, the the big club in Lisbon. So we were doing both at the same time. It was really fun, um, and then we started having guests over, the people we really admired, to DJ alongside us on the club nights. Then. All, you were, we were very naive, so why don't we make a label? You know, let's 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 make a label, knowing nothing about uh, having a label, and we started the label. <laughs> so now here we are, 10 years later or 12. <laughs> and now we have a label. Did you yeah. find did you find it hard setting up a label? Uh, to be honest, uh, the, um, all, all, only the the hard parts are the old physical formats like vinyl. You know, you you got to know where to produce, how to market it, how to get a distributor. But then, you know, if you are a little bit tech savvy, it's quite easy today to, to, to set up a label. However, you know, promoting it and making it reach the right people that are potentially interested in your music, that's that's still a, a challenge. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think I encourage every group of people that's, share sensibilities instead of looking for a label to put out their music maybe think about the idea of releasing releasing it themselves because yeah one thing i've learned over the time is that the more you are in control of what you do the the more gratifying it is for sure yeah that makes makes total mm -hmm. sense and do you still have your disco texas nights in lisbon Yeah, uh, well, well, not yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do, we do, um, we do a monthly or bi-monthly uh, night at Lux, um, where we sometimes have guests over, um, but uh, but uh, most of the times, and we just had. I mean, if if we, I'm, I was going to say we just had Jennifer Cardini, but it was like almost a year and a half ago because. <laughs> gone like really slow but at the same time like you still think it just happened but literally like the world's been paused for a year and a half <laughs> exactly it's it feels like 10 years ago and <sighs> 10 minutes ago at the same time <laughs> it's so so true i totally agree with you um and uh what other guests have you you had over over the years that have been like some of your favorite favorite guests or favorite nights at disco disco texas Uh, we've, uh, of course, we have we've had the, the late DJ Maddie. That was, uh, of course, uh, um, it was a great opportunity to see someone uh, so good, and that it's no longer with us, uh, of course. But uh, one one of my favorite nights that I, I think I've never danced so much was Daniele Baldelli. Oh um, wow! He's of course one of my heroes and. Uh, he's a great example of a DJ that is not very technical, but he's an amazing, an amazing selector. Uh, so it, he guarantees an amazing night, even if the, he's not beat matching perfectly, it doesn't matter. It, it's just when, when it's the music not. is so good, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And if it's making people dance, and if it's the night you've danced the most in your life, then it must have been really good. 
Yeah, I don't really dance. That's maybe why I became a DJ. So <laughs> I, I dance a lot behind the booth, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you obviously play solo and then also with, um, with the band at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wait, who, what do, is it like 50-50 or do you play more by yourself or...? I would say it's 50-50, yes. Um, I don't want to give up one of, one of those because uh, I love DJing because I, I get to play other people's music. Um, and I love the band because there's a communication happening on stage with other people that is unique. I don't, I don't find it anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, the level of connection you feel with the dance floor when you are DJing on those very best nights, you feel those, you know, you feel like you don't even need, you're thinking 10 tracks ahead and, you know, the, you can take wild turns with, and the, and the crowd will follow you to, yeah. you know, to, to the other side. That's, that's beautiful too. But with the band, you get this level of communication with, with the other people on stage and that hopefully transpires to the audience. So, that, so I don't want to, I don't want to give up any of the two. Yeah. Of course. So is it you mm-hmm. and two others in the band? Is that right? Yeah, we've, we've, I've been changing it uh, a bit. Okay. Uh, this this new this new format is for, is a four piece. Uh-huh. Um, I, I it's all like three synthesizers and and uh, drums. Before we had um, we had a drag performer doing uh, doing a. Um, well, drag performance uh, as a front man slash woman slash day uh, that was doing actual lip sync because ah. I, I had <laughs> yeah because I had lots of guests in my songs and I didn't want to have a like one of these session music singers doing covers of my own songs so we just decided to do proper lip lip sync like in a in a, a drag show and it was fun it was fun to do. Oh, that sounds like such a fun night. I'd love to come one time. Yeah, you have to, as soon as we can do them again. <laughs> I know, I know, absolutely. And so just going a little bit about back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the chat, um, you were talking about <coughs> you know, your videos and obviously now you're creating your 3D art. Um, how, what's your creative process behind um, behind your videos and the artwork that, that you put out? Because it's absolutely amazing. I was having a look and it's so fascinating to look at. Thank you. Thank you very much. No, um, well, I, I did have a lot of free time. So that's the, the, the record. This record, this new album was finished in March. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, um, I've... I've had a lot of free time, free time, and time to think deeply about how I wanted it represented visually, and that led me to black and white. It was the first time I've I've done anything black and white in my life. Uh, those who know me know my know know me as a, as a colorful colorful person, someone optimistic and and looking at the bright side of things. But somehow, um, the year of two thousand nineteen. And obviously the last year kind of uh, made me look at things in black and white a little bit. Uh, I was a more, more in a mellow uh, phase, more melancholic. Um, and since it was the first time I was, I, I was doing things in black and white, I also incorporated architecture into it because um, I felt like... The, imagine 
I imagine music as theater and dance. Um, architecture is, is a very stoic art form that whenever you have something huge and concrete, if you, if you shine a little light into it or put a little plant in front of it, it just becomes this eruption of life and happiness because everything is so dark around you. Um, any light will feel like, will feel huge. So that was kind of the background that took me in this direction, you know, contrasting a very stark atmosphere with something very small but beautiful. And, and then the whole, uh, the whole thing made sense in my mind, you know, let's do a, a music video in black and white. Um, uh, of course, the people I, I work with, um, my longtime collaborators, uh, Braulio Amado, that designs my artwork, and Bruno Ferreira, that uh, does most of my music videos, they were on board this idea a lot. Uh, so, and then I, I just give them space to do their thing. To be honest, I think the, the best thing about being independent is that I don't, I don't have to follow rules yeah. and one of my favorite things to do is to give people just little hints of on what they sh could do but then have have them do their thing so you kind that includes of for example yeah so, sorry sorry no 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 i was just gonna say so you just kind of give them the idea they go off with it and then create something new and, and come back to you yes even if uh, it means uh, blowing up the budget for three videos in one yeah. <laughs> Let's think about it later. <laughs> we'll just do it and then we'll see what the consequences are. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, I'd love to be inside your brain. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, it's it's fine. It's 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 not a bad place, I think. Uh, to be honest with you, I, I don't I don't I don't depress easily. Uh, but th this year was difficult. Uh, the beginning of the year, coming back to a new lockdown was kind of difficult, to be honest with you. I don't know how it was for you, but the second lockdown was so hard. <laughs> yeah, we had like a really hard... Our first lockdown in Ibiza was really difficult because we weren't even allowed to leave the house to do exercise. So yeah. we were literally... And we've moved house now, but we lived in a really small flat, me and my boyfriend before, and... Mm -hmm. And it was just like that you obviously I love being with him, but I was just like, you know, sometimes when you just need your own personal space and just like somewhere and there's just nowhere to go. And I think we had that lockdown for about six weeks. And the only way you could leave was if you had some kind of permission from the government, like if it was something to do with work, or to go to the pharmacy or to the supermarket. Or to walk your pet, maybe, you know? Or to walk out, but we didn't have our dog by that point, which I wish we ah. had, but we didn't have disco then. And um, so, yeah, so it was really, really difficult. There was, like, police outside our house every single day, so it really felt like our freedom had been, like, ripped away from us. Yeah, I, I, was, I was seeing Spain on the news, and I felt... Uh, and my, my friends, especially in Barcelona, they were really doing things hard, at least uh, my friends there were saying, were saying that the police was really everywhere. Yeah, loads of police. They even had like the big army trucks come in and they were driving down the streets. It was crazy. Yeah. It was absolutely crazy. So, yeah, we had that hard one at the beginning and now uh, we're now in another lockdown, but it's more, more relaxed. Like we can go out and walk and stuff, but everything's closed, all bars, all restaurants. So, 
Yeah. Let's see what happens. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hopeful with the vaccine. I think maybe let's not yeah. dream about club, you know, festivals this summer, but at least I think next year is going to be fine. Well, if you could go like anywhere after lockdown happens and do anything, it, it, whether it's working, whether it's getting in the studio with someone, whether it's just something personal that you like doing, what, where would it be and what would you do? Oof, so many things. <laughs> but I think more than anything else, if there was no, like imagine that the virus was completely eradicated. Yeah. I would just go down to a sweaty, dark, fully packed dance floor and stay there dancing for four hours with strangers. Yeah. How, how would that feel? I would hug everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More than, you know, traveling, of course, I miss going to New York. I miss, uh, I miss going to, to Mexico. Mm. Um, but I wonder how it will feel after this. I don't know. <laughs> I know. I reckon we're going to feel weird, like, traveling after. I'm kind of... I th for me personally, anyway, I don't know if you feel the same, but I'm going to feel a little bit nervous about flying when we go back. The first ever, first time back, I think it's going to be quite... Yeah, I agree, I agree. You know, a little a bit of that anxious kind of feeling? Yeah, completely, completely. I haven't, um, I've, I haven't flown since um, March last year in a... And I, I would, you know, I would, I live five minutes away from the airport, especially, uh, especially because I travel so much, and and it's it was such an integral part of my life, suddenly taken away. But to be honest with you, the traveling, I don't miss it at all. You know, a lot <laughs> it was just of people being other that. places. <laughs> I know. If you could just go like ding, and you're here, then that would be the best part. But the traveling when it's long. I mean, obviously, I'm not a DJ, but sometimes when I look at, like, the, the amount of traveling, I have thought to myself so many times, I bet there are a lot of DJs that are like, ah, okay, this is quite nice, not having to get on another plane for the fifth time this week, you know? But how long have you been in Ibiza? Living here for seven years. Okay, and you haven't, uh, you're, you're from the UK originally? I'm from the UK originally, and I, we moved to Spain when I was 12, but I lived on mainland Spain, and then okay. I moved to Ibiza when I was 21. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Because uh, you didn't go to the UK in the past year, right? No. Do you know what? The last time I was in the UK was the weekend before the lockdown happened here. So I had to rush back <laughs> home. And yeah, I know, typical. So I had to rush, change my flight because it was like there was a lot of talks now about this virus and I came back home. So that's the last time I've been there. Yeah, it was, uh, I remember I was, I, I was with, uh, with um, David Wrench that mixed my record. We, he came back, to, he came to Lisbon so we could finish it. And he, we were having dinner at an Italian restaurant in, in downtown Lisbon. There was a, a lots of talk of the virus. Uh, we had just finished the record, and then next day, next day the lockdown would start, and then he went back to the UK. And that's a, the record was done just before the pandemic hit. Oh, perfect timing! <laughs> Absolutely perfect timing. I know, yeah. but he he got back okay though. Yeah, yeah, he did, he did. He's, he's been here for uh, Christmas now because he has family here, so, yeah. Oh, nice. So let's talk a little bit about, um, about the album, uh, Requiem for Empathy, and I'd like to know a little bit about the story behind it. Sure. Um, 
it's my fourth record. Um, I've been uh, been making more of a of a, a little bit happier music, but there was a part of me that I never was kind of like not not sure, maybe not brave or confident enough with it to to put on the music I make, which is this melancholic uh, yet hopeful side of me. Um, but a success, succession of things that happened in 2019 from losing people dear in my life uh, to, um, you know, a succession of uh, unfortunate events uh, drove me to make music like this because I'm always making music to respond to what I'm feeling. Um, and then I just decided to release it as Molinex, even though the past was a, a bit more technicolor and full color. Um, which I was very happy with because um, I think vulnerability is something I really admire in artists, um, people that are able to show that they're not made of stone and that they can be strong while showing vulnerability and sensibility. So that to me was was an important part of doing of doing this record was my most probably my most personal record, despite being full of uh, collaborations. Um, I always approach the people I, I collaborated with on it from this personal point of view. And I think it somehow resonated with them to act in the same manner in the collaboration with it. So even I, f I feel like many of the tracks that are there in collaboration also reflect the personal side of the people that were in it. And that, to me, that's a big achievement because, you know, one part is me releasing my music and, and saying it is personal, but other people is other people doing something with me and putting so much of them into it felt like a, a big, uh, big thing for me. And that's, that's what this record is about, it's, uh, about uh, life being... Uh, being uncertain and life being uh, unclear, the future being being not uh, not completely bright, but still we we move forward. <laughs> yeah, that was actually going to be one of uh, one of my next questions. Was this obviously being such a personal album, and you collaborating with different people? How do you find that? balance that correct balance of it still obviously being what you want to get out of it and your personal story with their personal touch at the same time well it's it's probably the hardest thing to conciliate uh, when making something uh, meaningful to you uh, hopefully i think i included only the the collaborations that felt meaningful to me Mm -hmm. to the record and to the people that collaborated. Uh, I don't like to do features because I don't, I don't feel like, you know, reaching out to someone that I don't know, asking them to do a drop of a vocal on an instrumental, then slapping their feature name on it feels like, to me, and I don't want to disrespect people that do features very well, uh, to me it feels like a missed opportunity of developing a relationship with someone. Uh, because if I admire someone's music, if, if I want to collaborate with them, 
one side is doing something together, but the most important side to me is the process and getting to know that person because uh, I learned so much from other people's music and to watch from watching other people's uh, people working and feeling and um, translating emotions to actual music. That's to be. It's not that I don't care about the final result, but to me the process is uh, process is equally as important. Um, and that's, what, that's how I felt here. I felt that I didn't put fillers in it. All the collaborations made sense. And I had I dropped lots of tracks that I was not too confident with. Um, so yeah, I think, I think uh, there's definitely, it's a honest and real record. That's really lovely. Did you work with all of these people that you collaborated with in person as well? Just thinking if, yes, yes, I did. Um, a few were, were done in New York uh, when I was there in September 2019 for, for, uh, for two weeks just to do studio work. Um, a few, most of them were done in Lisbon, a few in Porto. I did record strings in Porto, but yeah, mostly, mostly Lisbon at home. Do you have a favorite track on the album? Yeah, uh, it, it changes a bit, but probably the last one, uh, Hey Bo, because uh, it's the most personal one and it's about my grandfather. So oh, beautiful. <laughs> and it's out on April the 30th, if that's correct? Yes. April 30th. That's it. But you can pre-order now for anybody that's listening. Yeah, yeah. This, uh, there's a vinyl and uh, the digital pre-orders going on. Is there anything that you're really looking forward to in 2021? Apart from hopefully everything opening up again, getting a shot. Getting a shot. <laughs> Probably getting. I'm looking forward to getting a shot. Hopefully, do some live shows still this year, even if it's like social distancing and people have to be sitting down. I I prefer that than doing live streams. Um, tired of live streams. I think everybody's tired of live streams. I know, absolutely. <laughs> As you probably are, are of uh, live uh, live streamed interviews. So it's so weird. Like as we were saying before, there's. Whenever I do a live interview, I always just feel like I get more nervous about doing it if it was in person because I always just think something technical is going to happen and you just never know what the outcome's going to be and then if somebody's internet goes. And in plus, on top of that, it's just you ne you never get that same, I don't know, it's just nice to have that personal connection, connection and energy, right, between them. I agree, I agree. The... the our society and the entire world leaped forward uh, a decade in terms of uh, digital connectedness, but we're missing connectedness. No one's like, everybody knows that this is just like the best thing we can do, but it's not the best thing <laughs> possible. <laughs> I know, yeah. it's so, so true, absolutely. Um, would you be up for a round of quickfire questions? That Yes. That actually, somebody said to me the other day that actually not that quick questions, but that's what Do I'm I have calling. to answer in one-liners? You can answer however you want. Okay, okay. <laughs> Even if you want it to be two, two minutes, whatever, you can say whatever you want. Okay, okay. fine. What did you have for breakfast this morning? Yogurt, granola and uh, maple syrup. Mm, yum. What would be a dream come true? I think if we had 2019 again, it would be great. 
Yeah, agree. What is the Without point? Trump, though. <laughs> yeah, we can take that part out. <laughs> and Boris Johnson, too. Yeah, yeah. literally, yeah. they can be out. <laughs> What's the best thing about Lisbon? The sun and the sun, in the, uh, sun hitting the architecture of the city. Beautiful. What's the last thing that you bought online? Um... A cable, but anything, not a webcam, yeah. <laughs> a cable. <laughs> what, star si <laughs> what star sign are you? I'm Pisces. It's my birthday in 10 days. Yeah. Uh, on the 14th of March? 15th, 15th. My mum is on the 18th of March too. Good people. Nice people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would be one of the proudest moments in your career? Uh, I was just thinking about it last week because of uh, Daft Punk quitting. Um, and I remember when I got the stems from Sebastian Tellier's uh, record that was produced by Guiman of Daft Punk. And that was a moment I was, it was like 10 or 12 years ago. And I just got them on my email and official invitation to remix something produced by Guiman of Daft Punk. And I, it was probably wow. the, one of the most beautiful moments for sure. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. Something that is always in your fridge. Um, butter, like you say. Butter. <laughs> <laughs> An artist that you're listening to a lot right now. Um, right now, without looking at Spotify, can I cheat? <laughs> you can cheat, you can yes, cheat. Yes, I remember, I remember. Mouse on Mars have, have a new record that I love. Uh, and Zora Jones, an artist from LA that I also really like. Lovely. And do so obviously my podcast is called Can You Put Me On Guest List? So in normal times, because obviously there's no guest list right now, but <laughs> do you have a guest list rule? I do, I do. Any people that ask me for a guest list and then don't show up without letting me know are forever in a blacklist. And I don't tell them they are blacklisted. I'm just, I just tell them that I'm out of spots. Good idea. That is really annoying. I, I, I just denounced it myself. No. <laughs> <laughs> Any, <laughs> anybody you've ever said that can't be on guest list now know the reason. Sorry, guys. Yeah, but I think that's terrible because I've had to say no to people that really wanted to come because of these dudes or dudettes, whatever. <laughs> um, so I just blacklist them forever. Yeah. No, that's a good shout, to be honest, because nobody wants that. What are you doing for the rest of the day? I'm um, preparing the production of my record. It's gonna, it's on pre-order, but it's, uh, we are taking care of the last bits of the, uh, the vinyl design, and I'm deciding on the, the artwork. Yeah. You're deciding on the artwork. Yeah, together with the designer. Yeah. Oh, fun. Well, listen, Lewis, thank you so, so much for this chat. Thank it's you. Been it was really a pleasure. It was really lovely to meet you, and I wish you all the best with your album, and I hope we get to meet in person one day. Yeah, I was going to say, if you've, uh, once things are normal, if you are in Lisbon, hit me up. I'll do the same if I'm in Ibiza. <laughs>